you can't hear. Awesome, good, that's good. Okay, cool, we're on the right path then. <laughs> okay, so let me just make sure that we're live on all of our social media channels before I kick this off. And yes, 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 okay. All right, let's go live on Spotify and we should be good. All right, I think we're ready to go on this. Great. Um, looks like a lot of people are busy today or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, I guess we're ready to get started. Hello, good evening. Good to see y'all. Uh, my name is Francis Seabor Jr. I am the son of Pastor Francis Seabor and Pastor um, Mrs. Janere Seabor. And this is actually Word for Now. Um, but today we are having a little spinoff, like a little bit of a presentation, or at least a precursor to that. And this pre this um, presentation precursor, what do you want to call it? It's called the 5784 door. It's meant to offer a biblical perspective to the things that are happening right now. And the truth is that there's a lot happening right now. That's the honest truth. There is a whole lot. Um, let me make sure I am not too dark. Eh, I think I'm fine. But you know what? Let me do something. Let me make a slight adjustment here. Yes, there's a lot that's going on right now. Um, we, all, we all know about the war um, between Israel and Hamas. Um, there's also potential threats of um, an outbreak of a world war as these things escalate. Um, alongside with all of that, there's also um, the threats of modern warfare springing up um, in Gaza and in other nations across the earth. Talking about like European nations, Western countries, including the United States. Uh, with sleeper agents that have been penetrating the borders of these countries for, can I say decades now? And so many other very interesting and fun things. But altogether, it's a very interesting time to be alive. But we will kick this off by saying the word of prayer and blessing Israel. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing at this time. Lord Jesus, we appreciate, Lord God, your heart's intentions towards us. We know that you are seeing everything that's happening, Lord God, and despite the chaos and the contradictions and everything else, you are the one that is in charge, Lord Jesus. And we want to make sure that we're giving you that place of honor in our hearts, even as there's chaos happening in the world, and maybe there's even chaos in our lives. We know you are the one that brings peace to the storms. Hallelujah. You're in the boat with us, Lord Jesus, and you want to arise from the inside of us, Lord Jesus, and command, rebuke the waves, rebuke the waves, rebuke the sea, hallelujah, and quiet the noise, I can't remember the right order, hallelujah, we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are the one that is in the boat with us, we are so grateful, Heavenly Father, we look to Israel even right now, and we call the nation of Israel blessed, we thank you for that piece of real estate, Lord God, that you have marked out, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, because in your divine plan, Lord God, Israel as a nation has its marker, that piece of real estate has, it, has a marker, there is a landmark, Lord Jesus, in time that we are approaching and there are some things that must be in place and heavenly father we thank you because as we approach heavenly father this destination lord god there's going to be an eruption lord god of all that is in your heart lord god even for us members of your church in jesus name amen okay so i want to make sure i touch on a few things here um let me see here the prophetic movement uh towards the last days and there was something I got a few moments ago. Once I remember, I'm going to write it down. But I want to start off by saying that um, there is a lot that's happening right now. And um, I know many believers, you know, you're seeing posts online. You're seeing 
YouTube videos, some of them are clickbaity, and everyone is trying to like throw a spin on what's happening now. And some people are definitely hearing from God, and some people are not also. And some people are just, you know, being sincere believers, looking at the scriptures and being like, Lord, this looks like this, and this looks like that. Is this what this is? And is that what that is? <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, I think it's really important that there is a prophetic perspective that is ongoing, that is brewing, that is growing. And that we as believers, we're not ignorant of this prophetic perspective. I want to say something that's really important, and it's that at this point in time, different parts of the body, especially the ones that are functional parts of the body, you're going to find out that they, they are offering pieces of the puzzle, which we have a responsibility to assemble together under the influence of the spirits of God as well. What does that mean? For example, I remember um, as we were praying for Nigeria in the state of elections in Nigeria, um, the Lord began to provide warnings that, or promptings really, um, that, hey, this is not going to be the most pleasurable news, <laughs> basically. Amen. And the first prompting for me was a prophetic word by a major prophet in Nigeria. And when he gave that word, I was like, oh, man, how do I process this? And while I was trying to process it, another person I really trust, a prophetic voice, came and you know, said an angel came and told me this, told me that. And that's when I knew, okay, um, in light of the things that God has shown me, in light of the things that I heard from this prophet, and in light of what one of my friends said, I just saw like this synergy. Everything fit together so perfectly. And it's very important that we understand that prophecies are not sporadic. They're not spontaneous. They're not like popcorn. Like, for example, God is not saying, this is the way that he said, I'm just kidding. I'm going this way. That's not how God, God does things. Amen. Sometimes it might appear that way, especially when there's not enough clarity. But it's really important that we understand that God is always heading in one direction. And um, it's important that we're able to discern where he's going. And then that way we can have more accurate interpretation for all things that are happening right now. And I'm saying this for a reason, because if you look at what's happening on the earth right now, I'll give a portion of scripture that I think would um, um, point out something that's really important. Um, I think it's Deuteronomy 32. Yes, Deuteronomy 32. And this is going to make um, be like a direct, like, like we're going smack at the whole Israel-Hamas situation. Um, so let's take a look here. Uh, I think that's right. I think that's right. Okay. So... Let's start from verse 7, Deuteronomy 32 from verse 7. Please, if at any point you don't understand what I'm saying, please let me know. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, he will show you, your elders, and they will tell you. Look at this. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, okay? When he separated the sons of Adam, he set boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. I'm going to give that to us in a different translation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look at this. Remember the days long ago. This is the NLT translation. Think about the generations past. Ask your father, he will inform you. Inquire of your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High assigned lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples according to the number in his heavenly court. Hallelujah. Basically, what this scripture is telling us is that there was a specific point in time when God divided the nations and gave all the sons of Adam physical real estate. So basically, like people of this genealogy, you ought to be here. People of, of this genealogy, you ought to be here as well. That doesn't mean necessarily that 
every single person that was born in a, in a specific region is meant to be there. And I'm going to explain why I'm saying that in a second. But basically, you're going to find that people, there were these settlements that were organically um, um, mapped out by the Lord. And they were actually angels of God that were, uh, for lack of better words, um, um, given to all of these um, um, settlements. So you find there's an angel of the Lord that was given to countries like maybe the Asian countries or maybe the South American countries or maybe the African countries. Amen. You're going to find that specific ministry spirits were assigned to them. Now, of course, we know what happened. Eventually, they rebelled against um, the, you know, these angels of light and they installed in their place demonic entities and demonic principalities and powers. But there was once a time when on the earth, um, heavenly beings were assigned, you know, and those beings are still here, by the way. They're still there, but they're just not being used. And instead of a canopy of light and God's kingdom to be administered on the earth by each of these people groups, you're having darkness instead. Hallelujah. So um, um, that was what ha that happened in scripture is very clear from what we just read now. That is the case. However, at a specific point in time, you're going to see that God um, um, called out a man, okay, called Abraham. And God told, well, his name was Abraham at the time. And God told him, leave your father's house and come to this land I'm going to show you. Amen. Now, when God set out to do this, the scope, right, the, the timeline of the plans of God, as far as God's walk with Abraham was concerned, was going to span out millennia, thousands of years. Amen. God set out on this, on this vision, his plan with Abraham, and he had Jesus Christ in sight. Amen. And if you read things like Romans chapter nine, you read things like the book of Revelation, you read even Matthew 24 and Luke 21. I have so many scriptures here that we can pull up here that can really point this out. You will discover that not only did God have these individual places in mind, God also had the end times in mind when he called Abraham. Amen. I remember when Sadhu Sudhisavraj had the encounter where he saw Donald Trump becoming president and he mentioned that Father Abraham was there. Amen. And that was so interesting because you would think to yourself, Abraham should be doing Abraham stuff. Abraham doesn't should be doing American stuff. But whenever things revolving around uh, the nation of Israel, obviously, but then all the nations of the earth are involved, you're going to see that man stand up. And it's so interesting that that's the case because God took him out of that piece of real estate and established him in a place called, we know that place is Israel today. Amen. Now, I'm going to. I'm going to hammer one or two things here that I think are really important, okay? Um, um, in light of the scripture we just read, okay? I want us to read another scripture, okay? I'm, the, the first scripture I'm making, making reference to here is this one that says that, oopsie, that's the wrong, wrong window. There we go. When God divided the nations, he set up, and establish boundaries for the peoples, okay? Now, we're going to look at another scripture, and this scripture we're about to read, okay, is going to show us something very interesting, okay? It's going to point out to us, hallelujah, that when, after God did his division of the nations, in Matthew chapter 25, something very interesting happens, okay? So just hang on with me as I pull out the exact verse. Matthew 25, from verse... 31. I believe that's the right one. Yes. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And look at this. All the nations will be gathered before him. Now, I want you to look at this in context of the verse we read before. 
We read earlier on in um, Deuteronomy 32 that God divided the nation and set out boundaries for the peoples, right? And here we're reading, I'm so sorry. Here we're reading, amen, that at the end of the at the end of the age when Jesus Christ returns, look at what he's going to do. He is going to sit and look at that. He's going to sit and he will gather all nations will be gathered onto him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep nations. Again, remember the context here is the nations, right? He's going to gather the nations together. And then he's going to divide sheep from the goats. He's going to separate nations, separate the nation one from another. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, this is very important to, in the scope of your end time theology. Okay. As we approach the end of the age, as we approach end times, okay, it is very important that we understand that there's going to be sheep nations and there's going to be goat nations. If you look at this scripture, this completely destroys any theory called the rapture theory, right? Because if Jesus Christ is coming down to the earth, and when he comes down to the earth, there's going to be nations gathered before him. And some of them are going to be sheep nations in light of what we're about to read here. It, it doesn't make any sense when we think about things like um, the kingdom of the Antichrist taking over the world and, and persecuting Christians to no avail. And only a handful of believers remain. And here we're seeing in the Bible that when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, he's going to find on the earth believers, not just believers, but entire countries, amen, that are being governed by the word of God. And I'm saying that because the Bible says my sheep hear my voice and obviously um, sheep follow the voice of the shepherd, right? So the sheep nations, all right, are being led by the voice of the shepherd. Basically a sheep nation is one that um, is prophetically instructed or directed. So nations that their policies are being downloaded from heaven. Those are sheep nations, right? And um, unlike the nation on the earth right now where, you know, um, what is driving them is the, the pursuit of more money, Maybe more real estate, maybe more, you know, maybe um, 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 economic power and political prowess, maybe cultural prowess. Okay, those are the objectives, and they're whenever they find whatever they find that can get them there, that doesn't compromise on other on their other interests. They find themselves, you know, leaning in that direction. But you're going to have nations on the earth, entire countries, by the way. Okay, marked out boundaries. Okay, and these countries will be completely governed by the word of the Lord. How does that fit in with the end time theology we've been fed for like decades now? Amen. So there you have Jesus Christ showing up. But when he shows up, there's going to be a division of different nations, different people groups, but they're going to be divided by real estate. This is very crucial. So you're going to find countries, masses of people okay, in different countries. And these people, beloved, it's very interesting. These people, okay, they're, they're going to be on designated okay preset boundary lines now why am i saying this could it be that god foresaw okay a specific piece of real estate okay that jesus christ wanted to mark out for some reason now this is very important okay and i'm going to give us some scriptures that will help us out with that okay the bible says and let me see if i can find that exact scripture talking about when jesus christ returns physically to the, I believe it's Zechariah chapter 14. I don't know why I'm not seeing that right here, but Zechariah, okay, I, I remember I did a different note for this. Zechariah chapter 14. Please understand, this is not even close to what I plan to say. Amen. <laughs> Forgive me. Hallelujah. Okay. Behold, the Lord is coming. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Let's start from verse. Well, let's keep on going. The Lord, day of the Lord is coming. Your spoil will be divided in your midst, for I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. Isn't that interesting? 
I wonder, anyway, <laughs> the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city will go into captivity. Doesn't that sound so great? But look at this. But the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Look at this. Then the Lord will go forth, and he will fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet shall stand on the mountain of olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the mountain of olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north, half towards the south. Then you shall flee away, the blah, blah, blah. That's not the part that interests me here. I just want to get to the point where God is talking to Abraham, talking about this piece of real estate here that he wants to mark out. And God is looking to the future. Through you, all nations will be blessed. Through you, this is going to happen. Your seed is going to be like the stars in the heavens. He's going to be like the sand by the seashore, right? And God is saying these words to Abraham thousands of years ago. And in over thousands of years, okay, there's a projection of that word of God, okay? And it's bringing Israel to the place where Christ is born. There's a way it ought to be when Christ is born. And it doesn't stop there. It keeps on going to the point that that piece of real estate that was marked out by Abraham Jesus Christ is going to descend on that place physically, according to the scripture we just read. Does that make sense? Please understand, the coming of the Lord is not esoteric, it's not abstract, it's a literal event that's going to take place, and you're going to physically see not just Jesus, but all the saints that will come with him. Someone says, saints are going to come with him. Although he said, um, there's no rapture theory, Francis. Why are you saying the saints are going to come with Jesus? The saints that will come with Jesus are those who died in Christ, those who slept in the Lord, amen? And sleeping in the Lord doesn't just mean that you're a believer and then you died. It's making reference to functional believers Dying in a state, all right, of functionality, all right? That means you as a believer, you are awakened beyond the drowsiness of this world. You know, the, the influence of this world has on people, okay? You have successfully fought against uh, um, the prince of, the, of this age. And because of that, there's a level of functionality you've broken into. So if in that state, you're dismembered, disconnected from your physical body, amen, you are going to return with Jesus Christ, hallelujah, when he comes back to the earth physically, you're going to see people like Joseph, like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob, okay? And they're all going to come with him, amen? And when they come with him, they're going to appear physically. They're not going to appear in the sky. They're going to appear physically on the earth. But get this, as that is also happening, amen, very important, okay? There is also going to be a translation of our bodies. Our bodies are going to be, you know, resurrected. We all know this, this scripture, right? First Corinthians 15, First Thessalonians chapter 4. If you don't understand what I'm saying, please let me know. Okay. And when all of this happens, okay, Jesus Christ is going to be landing physically on Mount Olives. Hallelujah. You look at verses from Ezekiel and many other references all throughout the prophetic writings. You're going to see references to the king's gate and a king showing up. And there's been all this warfare over that piece of real estate where Jesus Christ ought to return. And the only reason why is because the warfare is to make sure that these words that we just looked at right now are not fulfilled. Does all this make sense? I'm hoping there's some perspective here, right? What, what you're seeing playing out is not really warfare concerning, um, you know, oh, this people group have been cheated and this and this and this. Don't get me wrong. There's some legitimacy to many sides on these, of these coins, amen? You can, you can argue from any side sufficiently once you cover up enough facts or once you pick the time, the region of time you want to focus on and ignore everything else. You can arrive at some very good conclusions, um, whichever side you want to. When you look at the grand scheme of things, um, specifically a spiritual perspective of things, you're going to arrive at 
you know, very unique conclusions. And you're not going to find yourself siding with anyone per se. You're going to find yourself siding with God. I'm hoping that makes sense here, okay? Now, I'm saying all these things, okay, for a reason. You, you see the chaos happening right now in the world. You know, the, the thing that happened in Russia this morning with uh, rioting that happened as the plane from Israel came and people wanting to physically lynch the Jewish people, the stuff that's happening in Canada, stuff that's happening in other countries even right now, and the way there's so much, you know, the spread of anti-Semitism, you might think that, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, what is happening? Da -da 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 -da. Amen? Now, I want you to just make sure that you understand that whenever chaotic things are happening like this, many times something is being born. Amen? Whenever something that is this grievous and this, this just traumatic is happening, many times something is being born. That thing that's being born might not manifest now. Amen? But something, make no mistake, something is being born now. What am I making reference to, for example? good example of this is when children of Israel, <coughs> excuse me, they moved to Egypt um, because of the famine. And while they were in Egypt, they became slaves, right? And then while and they were enslaved, um, the, this pharaoh that chose to forget about Joseph began to enslave the Jewish people. And then he began to, you know, kill their children, basically. In the middle of the killing of the children, right, these horrible, you know, inhumane actions that were taking place, guess what was also happening? The deliverer of Israel was about to be born. Amen? And you will look at all of this chaos and you'd be wondering, God, what is happening here? Is God not here? Can God not see? And da 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 but in that, at that point in time, this is all that chaos, something very interesting is taking place. Another example I want to draw reference to is Jesus Christ when he's about to be born. Julius Caesar desires, right, to, to have a census, all right? And, and in his desire um, for this census to, be, to take place, he tells everyone, hey, we want accurate records, reflective, not of everyone where they're at right now, which would have been made perfect sense. But for some reason... Why don't we have this census where everyone goes there to their homeland? Why he's doing that? Whatever. So he gives his decree and all throughout his empire, right? All throughout the Roman Empire, everyone is being instructed to go back to their homeland. So you're, you're having mass movements of people, right? Across several nations on the earth. This is, a, this is a big boom for transportation industry. Just like right now, we're having a big boom for Weapons industry, $6 billion worth of rockets. So people are saying we're, we're fired in Israel recently. You can imagine the people that were selling those. They're like having a party right now, right? They're having a boom in transportation, a boom in the hospitality services, talking about like hotels and inns, right? You know that was the case because when Mary and Joseph, they wanted to find a place to stay, there was no room in the inn, right? There was no room anywhere, right? And they had to give birth in a very, very um, precarious, weird kind of situation. Hallelujah. But basically, you, you see chaos everywhere, and you could be wondering, like, my goodness, what on earth is taking place? And you might miss, you most likely will miss the reality that, oh, my goodness, something is being born right now. Amen? Now, what was being born? The Savior of the world. Amen? The whole purpose for all of creation was about to, to emerge. And in the midst of this chaos, you see that what? That fetus is emerging from the womb of the morning. Hallelujah. You know it's serious because they, they had no room to stay in. You know it's serious because he had to, it was basically like, all right, quick, just go in there and bring this baby out. She was that pressed. Like she, the baby was probably like crowning. She's like, baby's crowning now. Joseph, I need a place to stay. And they're like, what is the best place to have a child? Oh, 
a stable where there's a wild animal. No, that's not the, it was a very non-ideal situation that was taking place. And I'm sure he must have been begging, please, my wife is pregnant. I, I love the Bible series version of the story. It was raining when this happened. And Joseph was like knocking furiously, like, please, I need help. Please, I need help for my wife. She's pregnant. She's about to have a child. He's giving birth right now. There is no room. We have no room. We have no room. And where can they have this child? They are forced in the midst of all of this chaos into a stable, into a manger. Hallelujah. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. What am I saying? It will look like there is chaos. It will look like there's crazy things happening. But what's really happening is that prophetic things are being fulfilled right before your eyes. Is everyone listening? Right there and then, the fulfillment of scripture is about to emerge from the womb of a virgin. Amen? Things that were spoken of by Isaiah, they're about to be born right there and then. Amen? If you trace things even further back, all right, you discover that, oh my goodness, there's even signs in the sky that were foretold by prophets like Balaam, right? When he said a star will rise out of Jacob and a scepter out of Israel, right? And this scepter is going to smite the corners of Moab, beats the brow of Edom. Hallelujah. You could miss all of these things and reduce them to just, oh, wonderful prophetic utterances. But wise men in the East, they saw signs in the sky. Amen. And when they saw these signs in the sky, what did they begin to do? They began to follow a star. I remember when I was talking to a friend of mine. He was saying that the star that they saw was actually an asteroid that was in motion. And so basically this star was pointing them, taking them on this trip to Israel, to Jerusalem, and ultimately taking them to Bethlehem. Hallelujah. And these astrologers, some people say that they were trained by Daniel, who said that they were trained. They're men from the East, as in our Asian brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Um, Irrespective of where they were from, the point just is that there were signs in the sky revolving around this chaos at the same time. Amen. And eventually you see the same slaughter you saw with um, of, of children, innocent children that happened in the time of Moses, also happening in the time of Jesus Christ as well. Could it be that that is taking place right now before our eyes? Amen. As the, you know, the, the numbers, the figures, the claims, you know, the tweets, the posts, the threads of babies being killed and, and people being beheaded and people being burned to ashes and women being raped and all these horrible things are taking place. Could it be that we're having another similar situation? Is something being birthed on the earth? Hallelujah. Now, it's very critical that we are able to look at all of these things from a prophetic perspective and understand what's happening. Please listen very closely, okay? There is commotion, there's chaos, but something is happening on the earth now. Now, why am I saying this, okay? It is very, now I can't break everything, break us into everything right now because there is a lot. If, I don't know if any of you here were on PHB Youth or PHB Group Chat when I posted something called the 5784 door, amen? And when I posted that article, it was a write-up that I did, just assembling all the prophetic words that I'd seen. Um, the Lord had either shown me or through, um, you know, studying the scriptures, things I knew about the season of Tabernacles, the season of Rosh Hashanah, the season of Yom Kippur, and um, overall, even the things that were happening on the earth at the time, only to discover, like, oh my goodness, the whole situation with the Hamas terrorist group, and even more stuff that's happening all over the world. And some other things recently, I made some additions to that, but I've, I've, I've locked that um, chat now, the, the article up now, because um, I feel like, um, I don't know how beneficial that is. I was just, I'm, yeah, whatever. You guys get the idea. So there were all of these events, okay, that have been taking place on the earth, 
And they were all leading to one specific location, right? And that location was the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. For 30 years, there's seeming silence, right? After all this crazy stuff happens. And then that thing that happened at the slaughter of the infants manifests. For several years, there's also silence after the midwives preserved some of the Jewish boys, right? And then several years later, okay, after um, Pharaoh's daughter mysteriously finds a child in the Nile River, guess what happened? A child emerged, <laughs> hallelujah, the child grew up, came of age, right? And began to awaken with all of these perspectives on life and things that were different from everyone in Pharaoh's palace and everyone else that was in slavery as well. He was a deliverer of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, again, all of these things are looking at prophecy, amen, and looking at the events surrounding all of these events because these things are not happening. And we're not just having chaotic things happen and we're saying, oh, there's prophecy that's being fulfilled right now. That's not what's happening. There were actually specific prophetic words Specific prophetic things that were happening in this season. And alongside these things happening, all right, we now discover that, that, oh my goodness, there's going to be a coming, there's going to be some significant or traumatic things that are going to be happening. I remember Paul Key Davis um, during a live stream a few months ago, right before the whole event, I think the week before it, um, he and his wife, they were just having like horrible dreams and a lot of things about Israel were coming up. Even Prophet Bab, I think Prophet Bab mentioned some things as well during this time. And what kept on coming was, man, we need to pray for Israel and peace over Israel and different things here and there. People in the prophetic, they were getting these downloads. But the severity of these things never struck anyone literally until after the events took place. That, oh my goodness, what on earth? This is crazy. So people were picking it, right? Everyone was detecting, like, they were, they were drawing on what the Lord was saying, but the concrete details until they manifested, we never really got the full picture. Hallelujah. Now, the 5784 door um, got opened up in September um, this year, um, but there were many events that were leading to it. <coughs> Excuse me. And there were many events um, that, that followed it as well. Now, I'm going to make reference to many of these events here. Um, the major ones are the Jewish feasts, Hallelujah. And another major one was a meteor shower. This is very interesting, okay? There's a few other ones that are worth discussing, and I'm, I'm just going to drop, drop on them real quick, okay? But, man, it's just context. Me, hoping to establish context here, amen? I'm making sure that I'm not being confusing. Does everyone understand what I've said so far? Is anything I've, I've said so far been confusing? I'm going to make sure I'm being understood, and there's a proper digestion of everything that's been communicated, and I'm not just like some crazy guy holding like protractors and maps and playing around with figures and numbers. Am I being understood? Or am I coming off as confusing? Please let me know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can anyone hear me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you tell me like cutting off and trying to come back on? Okay, so I'm being heard. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Oh, what's up, Bejosa? How you doing, man? You can hear me great. All right, cool. Okay. So just real quick, okay? 5784 um, in Hebrew, um, the way years are understood is usually by um, the significant numbers um, in that year. And usually is the last one or two digits. Amen. When you have the last two digits, or when last digits are zeros, then you focus on obviously the third digit, right? The second digit, sorry. So you have the first, usually years are, years are in four digit. Ah. 1994, four digits. 2014, four digits. 2023, four digits. Okay. The same thing with the Hebrew calendar 
except theirs goes back all the way to, I believe, either the first um, Passover or it goes all the way back to Adam, according to the way they measure their numbers and their days. Now, 5784, the significant number in check here is the number four, okay? And if you know anything about Jewish numbers, you know that Jewish numbers, um, um, they map almost directly to their alphabet, right? The Aleph, the Bet, the Gimel, the Dalet, okay? Number four is the Dalet. And the da you, know, you also know that if you understand or be familiar with Hebrew, you also know that all of their numbers, all of their characters, they all have individual definitions and significance. And the significance of the fourth number four, the fourth letter in the Jewish alphabet, or the number four in the Jew Jewish numerals, is that it signifies a door that is open. Hallelujah. And I'm going to just pour some things out here that I think would be really helpful. I'm, I'm going to make this more of a presentation for next week. Um, so this is like an introduction before we get deep into the meat of all of these things. But um, I'm going to read off some definitions here. Um, the thing is downloading. I don't know why it's not cached on my device right now. There we go. Number four, the Dalit. Dalit means the door. It speaks of entering. It speaks of opening. Hallelujah. Um, wish I could show you guys this, the insignia. But basically, 5784, there was a time when the number was the eight. And the eight at that point in time spoke of, I believe that was the pay. And it spoke of the open mouth. Amen. Five, seven, eight, zero. Is that the right one? Yes, I think that's correct. Yes. That was 80. That was a number at the time. Okay. And it spoke of the open mouth. That was the pay. Right. And that spoke of a decade of the mouth being open. I think that was 2020. I think that was, that was the year. I think, right? Five, seven, eight, zero, right? 2021. I hope that's right. I hope that's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. But right now, the number in question is the four, and that's the door. Okay. Now, Just because of that alone, all right, you can just imagine how many scriptures, right, that the 574 is going to reference and point to, okay? Things like the key of the house of David, right? Um, I'm going to give you the keys of the gates, or keys of the kingdom of heaven. You shall shut and you shall open, right? Or the book of Revelation chapter 3, he that has the keys of the house of David, right? Or the keys of, of, of hell and death who shuts and no one can open, who opens and no one can shut, right? Or the Philadelphian door, the, the door of the Philadelphian church. Hallelujah. Looks like I have that here. Yep, 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 yep. It says here, um, 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 these things says he that is holy, that is true, has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. The 5784 Philadelphian door. Hallelujah. Um, the Isaiah 45 door. We've been using that to pray in the cave now for how many months as we've been keeping watch, amen? And it's Isaiah 45. Let me just open that scriptures about um, Cyrus, Isaiah 45. Hallelujah. Let's see here. Isaiah 45. Okay. I have named you and you have not known me. There is no one. Sorry, I went too far ahead there. Okay. Thus says the Lord says, anointed to Cyrus whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him and to loosen the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors. <laughs> How cool is that? Amen? That's one reference. Another reference, Revelation chapter 4. Um, I heard a voice like a trumpet saying to me, come up hither and I will show you things that must be hereafter. John heard those words after he saw a door open in heaven. And there's so many other ones. 
I have your list of the Philadelphian door, the 5784 door, the Revelations 4 door, the Isaiah 45 door, and the door of the tabernacle. Amen. And um, is that rain or wind? That sounds like rain. That's interesting. Now, the Jewish tabernacle, Jewish temple, and to be honest with you, anyone that functions as a portal was actually um, a door or a way to interact with God in heaven. Amen? Um, I think my dad explained this once, how <clears throat> what happened at Mount Sinai when the children of Israel, they encountered God at Mount Sinai, wasn't necessarily that God came down, but rather an angel or an, a, a community of angels, they brought a door or a portal through which children of Israel could interact and fellowship with God. And we know this because when they went up in Exodus 24, the Bible explains that when they went up into the mountain, they saw heaven in all of its clarity. Like literally the elders of Israel, who's ever seen that before, by the way, in Exodus 24, when the elders of Israel, they went up into the mountain to commune with God. And the Bible explains that they dined with God. It's a, it's a fascinating portion of scripture. Let me see if you can find that. Yep, 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 yep. I found it right here. So let me, let me jump into that portion of scripture here and we can use that to read. Let's start from verse 9. Exodus 24 from verse 9. Look at this. This is crazy. So the Bible says here, Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And look at this. They saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. Now, if you have not heard about Ezekiel's throne chariot, right, the encounter that Ezekiel had where he saw sapphire throne, and God sat on it, you might be wondering, like, what on earth? What, what does sapphire mean? What does sapphire mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's a reference to the throne of God. Whenever you see sapphire, it's a reference to the throne of God. Amen? So basically what's happening here was <clears throat> they came into contact with the throne room. They had an encounter, a throne room encounter. Okay? And what happened here was, that says here in verse 10, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. Look at this. They saw God and they ate and they drank. Amen? All of this, I mean, this, this, this literally happened. They literally walked into heaven here. This will break anyone's theology that says that um, um, the reason why Jesus Christ came was to get us into heaven. I am not undermining the beauty of the fact that when any believer dies um, physically, they're at home with Jesus, amen, in the heavenlies. But keep in mind that at home is where Jesus is. And because Jesus is in heaven right now, amen, that's where they're going to manifest. Hallelujah. That's where their souls, if their souls were active, functional on the earth, would awaken to. If they were not functioning, they're going to be enrolled in classes where functionality is, you know, is going to be sought after. Hallelujah. In the age to come. Okay. Uh, man, there's so much, so many things here. But what I want to point out here was that the tabernacle, the sorry, the Masana experience was a portal that came down to the earth. And the tabernacle, what Moses built. Um, in the book of Exodus, tabernacle, we spoke about that extensively during the Washington conference. The tabernacle was about building a door through which God's voice could be heard, through which the Shekinah glory can, can, can flow through. Basically, what we refer to as the Shekinah glory of God is actually a window through which God's voice can penetrate the heart, penetrate the soul. Does all this make sense? Hallelujah. So basically, what I'm going to say here is that the tabernacle was a door, right? And I've explained before that um, the Jewish tabernacle is kind of like, you know, like in all these space movies where they have 
um, the this you know you want to uh, it's called the decompression chamber. I believe is what it's called. You want to transition from inside the spaceship. You want to go out to go do some maybe repairs on the outside of the spaceship while the spaceship is in orbit around the Earth or some what some planet in some fictional universe or whatever. Amen. What usually happens is that there's this room, this chamber in between. You know, as you're leaving your space before you leave. Okay, you have a man. Is it called a vac door or or something? Is a term? It just it's a high pressure chamber. And what basically happens is that. When before you leave or before you enter, okay, let's say you want to leave the space shuttle, the spaceship, you go inside the compression chamber, and when you're there, they lock the door behind you, and then they slowly begin to adjust the, the air pressure. This is definitely rain. Adjust the air pressure so that the pressure in that decompression chamber matches, yo, that's intense, matches with the pressure that's outside. So that when the door is open, there was, so there is going to be an explosion of air either coming in or out of the spaceship and you can safely enter and exit the spaceship, right? The same thing with when you're coming in. When you're coming in, all right, when you first come in, there is no air, like the air pressure in that chamber is basically zero, right? There's no air pressure there because space has no air pressure. When you get in there, they shut the door and they slowly begin to make adjustments to the air pressure so that it matches what's inside of the cabin. And once the pressure lines up, then you can go in. This is actually what happens when the high priest is doing work in the holy place. What happens when the high priest goes through all of the rituals in the outer court so that he can get into the holy place? And the holy place is the decompression chamber where all the things airlock. Thank you, airlock. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, man. The high priest in the holy place, all the rituals that he's doing is about getting the air pressure, right? The breath of life from God. He wants to line up, right? The, the air pressure in the most holy place. He wants to adjust to it so that by the time he finds himself in the most holy place, he doesn't explode or he doesn't die. That's what happened, right? That's what well, the scripture would say, that the lesser Lord break out upon you and ye die. Amen? So all of that stuff. So what's basically happening here? The tabernacle is a portal. The tabernacle is a door. Amen? And so when you talk about 5784, seven, you are talking about the building of a tabernacle. You're talking about the building of a door. You're talking about a, a portal, talking about a way, some kind of entrance or exit thing. That's what's happening here, okay? So right now, 5784 is a time gate, a window in time, amen? And in this window in time, some things are being built. And it is very awesome, things are being born. It is very important that we're able to track and discern what is happening at this point in time. Now, I'm saying at this point in time because everything that's happening here actually started since, since September. Amen? And what's been happening since September, there has been this issuance, right? Declarations. Heralds by the Lord. If, if you've been watching in the spirit, you know what I'm talking about. Heralds from the Lord inviting God's people into seasons of consecration in prayer and in fasting. And what those who have responded to that call have been doing is that they have initiated by themselves, whether it's fastings, whether it's praying, whether it's watches, whatever the case might be, seasons where they're walking away with the Lord. I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to cut down to the chase and just say a few words right now, okay? Over the next seven months, all right, there's going to be, that is from, um, um, when did Hamas launch a strike? This is October the 8th or 7th. Was it October the 7th or 8th? I think it's the 7th, right? October 2023. 
Hmm. No, not the explosion in Gaza. I believe, yeah, Israel-Hamas war. This is October. Yes. October the 7th. Yes, there we go. There we go. Now, the October the 7th event, guess what day, okay, this thing happened, okay? Now, it's so interesting, the numbers that are at play here, okay? Now, the day that Hamas struck Israel, all right, that specific day was the 7th of October, 2023, according to our calendar, right? But according to the Jewish calendar, that day was exactly one day after the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, Amen. Yes, the Jew, literally the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish Feast of 5784, on the day after it commenced, immediately after they finished that feast, that was when Hamas struck. That's one. Number two, okay, that day was also one day after the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War that took place 50 years ago. If you know about the Jewish culture and you know about what the number 50 represents, Sheviot, um, Shaviot, which is 50, is a representative of seven sevens, okay? Seven times seven is 49. Add one number after you get 50, all right? So here you have, okay, the Jewish feast, okay? You have the Jewish feast of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. That's the first Jewish feast that are called the spring feasts, okay? What you call Easter is meant to be a mimicry of that, but it's not. It's something as demonic and something else, okay? But you have those three feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. And you have a feast that happens right in the middle of both of them, and that's called Pentecost, okay? And Pentecost is a feast that happens um, a span of 50 days after uh, um, the Feast of Passover. And basically, it's called the Feast of Weeks because 50 days is a week where each day is seven days. So you have week one, week two, week three, week four, week, week five, week, week six, week seven, okay? The seventh week is the is the is the is, is on the day after the seventh week, you have the feast of weeks. <laughs> Does that make sense? Where they celebrate that's oh, all of those weeks have fully come. That's what the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, we have week one, week two, week three. The day of Pentecost comes in waves, and each wave is a week. Does that make sense? So here you have seven sevens, okay, separating these the 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 fall feast, sorry, the spring feast from Passover, from Pentecost, sorry. So you have Passover, okay? Then you have unleavened bread, you have first fruits, okay? Then from here to here is seven sevens, okay? And then from here to here, you have another feast called the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Blasting, okay? You have that feast, and that feast is actually another compound of three feasts as well, okay? And this feast is Rosh Hashanah. The next feast is called Yom Kippur, Okay, and the last feast here is called the Feast of Tabernacle. That is the very last feast of the Jewish calendar. Okay, now it is very important that we understand this because the Feast of Tabernacles is also a feast of weeks in a unique way because it lasts for one week, seven days. Okay, so I want you to see this. Okay, Hamas struck on the 7th of October 2023. Okay, one day after the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? One day also after the seventh week, okay? <laughs> after the seventh week of weeks. Who gets what I'm saying? After 50 years, okay, from the Yom Kippur War. What I'm trying to say here is that there were a lot of sevens, okay, 
that happened on that day that Hamas struck. Uhuir is getting the picture here, okay? Now, prior to even plunging into any of these, like, I, honestly speaking, I would never have tracked any of these things myself. That's the truth. But it's just because I was like, wait, someone mentioned that this thing happened 50 years after the Yom Kippur War. And it hit me. Oh, my goodness. In the cave, we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, right? And it was right after our worship communion in the cave that Hamas struck. And we, it was interesting because we moved into our booth in the cave right now. The cave is not in a physical, in a building right now. We're actually in a booth, so literally, a very large booth, all right? We got literally two containers, and we're living inside of them. That's how we celebrated Tabernacles. Very interesting, very prophetic. And there's so much we can get into, the, into that that's so interesting. But basically, you have all of these sevens happening on this day. Amen? And are you, are you trying to convince me now there's nothing that's happening? Now, I'm, I'm going to push that aside here for a second, okay? And I'm going to jump to the next thing that I feel is really, really important, okay? Apart from the Jewish feast. Let me make sure I got everything down. Okay. I'm even going to get into Isaiah 45 right now. Oh, my goodness. So much stuff, man. Jeez. About the Book of Life, Yom Kippur. <sighs> okay. About this same time in the cave, we had a conference called the Watchman Conference. And during this conference, different instructions from the Lord came. A major instruction from the Lord that came was on interceding for our brothers and our sisters in the place of weakness and making sure that we're holding each other up, all right, during times of weaknesses and during times of struggles. And we're not judging each other, but we're covering each other in prayers and in love, okay? And the mindset was that the body has to be presented together for entrance into the most holy place. In other words, when we're if we want to be able to engage with the Lord, okay, there is this unique heart posture we need to have where we adorn ourselves with the entire body of Christ with all 12 tribes of the nation, the spiritual nation of Israel. Hallelujah. And that was a major emphasis that was given during the conference, okay? All of Israel, all right, and the tabernacle of God was a major emphasis during the conference. But the theme of the conference was called the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, about the same time we got that theme, and we began to, you know, um, spiritually brainstorm. My dad was one that the Lord gave that theme to. And little did he know that about the same time as that theme came up, Paul Davis's wife, Amy Thomas David, um, gave a prophetic word about something that's happening on the earth right now. And he said, there's going to be a seven-month period between the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Passover next year. And during this seven-month cycle, there's going to be waves of revelation that God is going to be given to the body. And that was the critical word she gave. The key word is this thing, revelation. Now, this is powerful for many reasons. First of all, the number seven, okay, speaks of the seven spirits of God, right? The spirit of wisdom, revelation, understanding, right? Spirit of counsel, spirit of mind, spirit of fear of the Lord, the spirits of the Lord, amen? And what the seven spirits of God do, amen? is that they reveal, they reveal Jesus Christ. They reveal the throne of God, amen? And here this lady talking about the seven-month month period, and here we are talking about uh, um, a conference we're about to do called the Watchman Prophetic Conference, and the theme of that is Revelation of Jesus Christ, the Watchman, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, and then the sevens. I don't know if anyone here is tracking with me. There's a lot of, of very interesting wordplay that's taking place, and if we're not careful, we might miss out on the fact that something very, very important is going to be happening during this time. 
Now, what exactly is going to be happening? Hallelujah. That is what this presentation is going to be on, hammering and digging deep into everything. But I want to focus on three things that are very essential and very important, okay? Over the next seven months, there's going to be revelation of things that are shortly going to come to pass. There's going to be explicit revelation of things from the Lord about things that are surely going to come. I want to end with this, okay? And you can see, obviously you can see that in the Bible, right? Um, come up hither and I will show you things which must be hereafter, right? Revelation chapter four. Let's look at that real quick. Revelation chapter four. Ah, the five, seven, eight, four door. The five, seven, eight, four door. That's so interesting. Okay. Y'all pardon me. I'm a little child sometimes when it comes to these things. Amen. Okay. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Hallelujah. That is a 5784 door. And that door brings a revelation of things that must take place after this. That's one. The second thing, okay, that is going to be revealed. Give me one second as I pull all these out. There's three things. Oh, come on. Come on. There's three things. Yes. A revelation of places in your life that need healing. Amen? That is, things in the body that need healing. Remember the Watchman Friday conference, I explained that there's going to be a season of nurturing that we need to come into as a body, but we are bearing one another in love and we are praying and covering one another up. So you're going to come into a season of watchmaning, of watching over the body, okay? There's going to be a revelation of of the things that are surely going to come to pass. It's also going to be a revelation of areas in our lives that need to be developed, places where we're lacking. I know this personally, areas in my life that need to be, the Lord has to deal with. And when I'm speaking like, I'm very serious here. There's definite areas in my life the Lord has exposed over the last few, I would say like two months now, the Lord has shown me I need to double down on specific areas that need to be dealt with. Amen? That doesn't mean that's all, because again, it's a seven-month period. Amen? There's going to be a lot of unveilings of areas in our lives that we need the Lord's hand, we need the Lord's touch. Hallelujah. And the last one is the word. The door of understanding and utterance. Hallelujah. For things in the scriptures, things given and shared in dreams and visions is going to be wide open. There is going to be the door of Cyrus that's going to be opening upon us. And I'm going to give us Isaiah 45 for reference. Okay. Hope everyone is tracking with me. I want to make sure I have something definite that we can walk away with. So even if you're not able to make it for next week's presentation, where we dive deep into the rest of these, there is some understanding. So that says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, to loosen the armor of kings. Look at this. To open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. Look at that. Doesn't that look like the key of the house of David that the Lord opens and no one can shut? Okay, I will go before you and I will make the crooked places straight. Doesn't that look like the healing of the, of, the, of the wounded places in our hearts? Okay, I will break in pieces the gates of bronze. Notice how he says, I will go before you. Hallelujah. That's, that's, the, that's the door of understanding, of utterance, of insight, right? Of clarity. The Lord is going before us as light, amen? Making the crooked places straight. Look at this breaking in pieces the gates of bronze and cutting the bars of iron, okay? 
if you understand scripture, you will understand. I've explained this before, okay? The gates of brass, all right? And the bars of iron. Who's ever read that before? The heavens are brass. Amen? The heavens are brass. It has a reference in scriptures to when there is no rain. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, when there is no rain. Amen? When there is no rain, the heavens are brass. Hallelujah. But when the rain begins to pour, the gates of brass have been broken. Hallelujah. And the bars of iron speaks about the heart that is meant to receive or drink in the rain from the heavenlies. Sometimes the gates of brass might have been broken, but then the bars of iron, they're still present. They need to be cut asunder. What does that mean? It's speaking about the gates of heaven, speaking of utterances and the bars of iron, speaking of understanding. Is everyone listening? What's going to be happening is there's going to be a deluge, a downpour a fresh revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ coming to the body over this seven-month period. And at the same time, if you give yourself the necessary consecration, you are going to simultaneously experience elevation in your understanding, in your discernment, in your sight. Amen? Now, coupled with this, all right, those are those two, all right, is the straightening of crooked places, places in our lives that need healing. I already mentioned that. I, I, need, I know places that need healing in. Amen? Places in our lives that we need restructuring, things we need to put together. Amen? And again, the last part, so that's three things, okay? Revelation of things that will surely come to pass. Revelation of the word, okay? The gates of brass, the bars of iron, they've been cut asunder. So the declaration of God's word and the reception of God's word. And lastly, areas in our lives when we need healing. I'm going to read something that she says here. Amy Thomas Davis, Paulie Davis' wife, says this. There is a significant shift. Prepare the atmosphere. Prepare the hearts of the people. There is a significant shift that will move us into the strategies of heaven for the bride of Christ. This significant shift speaks of operation of the spirits of God that have been released at this time. Please understand, this is a time window. I'm going to call to mind the, the parable of the ten virgins. If you miss these windows, it is, I must say that you can never experience these things again. Don't be surprised if you aren't able to, though. Does, does that make sense? There's a way the Lord does some things where the Lord says something, amen? If you, child of God, are not able to fellowship with what he is doing, you are going to miss out on that season. And unless that season returns, you are going to have a lot of difficulty breaking into what God wants to give you. Not because God is punishing you for what you did that is bad, though, but simply because you missed the time of your visitation. Therefore, your house has been left, um, left to you desolate. You know what I'm quoting right now, all right? Hallelujah. Okay. So these operations of God's spirit, they are time dependent. Remember what the angel said to J Jacob when he wrestled with him? Let me go for the day breaks. In other words, the time of my departure is fast approaching. The time for me ministering to you is coming to an end. In the cave as a community, that's so cool. It's coming to an end. <laughs> as a, in the cave as a community, we got a seven-year timeline, all right, of waiting on the Lord. We finished our first year during the Feast of Tabernacles, beloved. During that feast, right? Through the people of Shoshana. But we finished it just recently in September. I don't know if anyone remembers that when we got the, um, talking about Abraham, uh, not Abraham, about Elijah, John the Baptist, sorry, Moses and Kenneth Hagin, right? Three entities were meant to grow into, meant to receive witnesses from. Hallelujah. Okay. So significant shift speaks of operations of the Spirit of God have been released that are meant to bring us into alignment 
with this season of revelation. Next thing, the moves of God. We have to journey with God in response to this shift, allowing the crooked places to be made straight. So we are going to be interceding for one another. We're going to be praying. You see someone make a mistake, some, some a brother or sister in Christ falls into an area. This is not the time to judge that brother or sister in Christ. This is the time to uphold one another in prayer. Okay? All right. Strategies. Because we are allowing crooked places to be made straight, it is crucial so that we can receive downloads from heaven for a time yet to come. What's happening right now is that as all of these things are taking place on the earth, God is preparing for a season of showing. Remember I mentioned before that when all, all this chaos is taking place, that was so cool. God is ready for a season of showing. <laughs> is anyone? I'm so glad I'm recording this. So it can be like the Lord is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Remember what I said before about the chaos happening on the earth. Amen. There's chaos happening on the earth, breaking out, but something is being born. But for a period of time, there's going to be a seemingly uh, uh, quiet period where nothing is happening. Remember Jesus Christ from the ages 12 to 30? It's like nothing happened. Remember Moses from when he's a kid to when he's grown, when he came of age? It's like nothing happening. There were things happening, but they were all under the radar. Amen? So there is a time appointed. There's a time for the showing of that thing that was born in this time period. This is the time for some things to be born, what I'm saying. Okay. Lastly, the bride. Bridal intimacy is the anthem of this season. If you want to receive downloads and revelation, you have to be intimate with the Lord in this season. Hallelujah. I feel like that thunder was the Lord. Amen. You have to be intimate. Like there's a literal thundering right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but there is a literal thundering. Amen. It's possible you can't hear it because of Zoom's noise canceling. Can anyone hear it? You can hear it. Okay. Just making sure. All right, cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was being heard. Amen. There is a literal thundering of the Lord in this season, amen, for intimacy. And I cannot exaggerate that. I'm going to tell you something. If you're dealing with stuff in your life, dealing with stuff in your, in your home, dealing with stuff in your family, in your marriage, in your business, in your school, whatever walk of life you're in, wish you could see the lightning see right. Yeah, there was actually flashes of light like right over here. I, could see, I couldn't see the lightning itself, but I could see the flashes of light um, against my wall here. Hallelujah. That's so cool. Hallelujah. For us to participate in this, there needs to be bridal intimacy with the Lord. If you're struggling with stuff in this season, now is the time to go to the Lord. Not going to him because you are so good, but you're going to him because he is so good. Not going to him because you can you fix everything and now you can approach God. No, you're fixing everything because unless you approach God, things will not be fixed. Amen? So we go to him to get fixed. We don't go to him because we we're fixed. Remember that verse that says, if we say that we have no sin, we lie, right? And we pra don't practice the truth. That verse is telling you that you cannot get be free from sin by yourself. So don't say, I'm, I'm okay, I'm doing fine. I'm not really struggling with that thing anymore. No, you need to go spend time with Jesus. You need to go hang out with God. You need to get intimate with the Lord in this time. Hallelujah. That's a quick, quick um, brief demo. Amen. Um, I will not be posting the 5784 article anymore. Instead, I'm going to be presenting it as a, a document, as a, a presentation, sorry, okay? And it's going to be, you know, you know, you guys know me already with the AI art, um, illustrations and everything, hoping to make things a little bit easier to digest. But the goal and the hope of everything is that everyone understands 
that this seven month period is not a joke. I have one more thing to say, and this is very important for those that are ministry to children and in charge of children's ministry. Between today and the 3rd of November, if you can fast, fast. If you can pray, obviously you can pray, please pray. Pray for your children, declare the blood of Jesus over them, sanctify them and use them as points of contact for this generation. In other words, use them as channels through which the blessings of God can flow through for this generation. There's, a, there's some kind of dark warfare. Um, we saw this last year about this same time, but ours, we, we saw this in August last year, about the time that the queen died, literally the day the queen died, something negative happened the day after the queen left. And after the, I don't know if everyone, anyone saw that just on that flash of light, after the queen left, something dark came up. Okay. And, um, by the mercy and grace of God, you know, we prayed against it. Um, we pray for instead God's plan to be the things that are driven into into the earth hallelujah there, there's meant to be something dark that's born that was born last year hallelujah and there's still this warfare over this generation i was meant to say this in the beginning i don't know why i forgot i was supposed to write it down um forgive me for that hallelujah but i hope everyone gets the gist please i'm going to hammer again it is very important that we keep this watch I, i'm honestly recommending that from today to the third of november there is a watch i have learned that we should be sensitive to prophetic timings yes I like the example of Jacob. Yes, he's holding the angel because he knows he cannot afford to miss. Thank you. Amen. Honestly, if even if you are having difficulty in this season, even connecting with God, I, I love God. You know why? God knows. God knows when we're weak. Who gets what I'm saying? The Bible says the Spirit of God helps us in our weaknesses. God knows when we are weak. So what he does is that he looks at you and he's looking for you to... I, li I like what the lady, uh, the lady that says something. Give him something to work with. Give him your five loaves. Give him your two fishes. Strengthen. He will fall.
Hallelujah. Can you hear me? If you can hear me, please give me a thumbs up. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, Elisa. Thanks, man. Okay, great. Awesome. Sounds like I'm being heard now. Okay. Hallelujah. Let me start recording again. Okay, cool. Children in this season, um, I'm going to give you the word that we got. This is Psalms. I posted this on the, on the PHB youth group chat. We'll be using this to pray this week. Um, give me one second. Let me pull it out. This is on um, PHB. This is Psalms chapter. 147 verse 13, that's the verse. Psalms 147 verse 13. We got this word during Kingdom Praying Women um, last week. We need to pray for our children. There was warfare against parents. Right now the warfare is against the children directly. Hallelujah. And um, let me put this on the screen. This is a scripture to use. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. <clears throat> this is a reference to the open door. Amen. He has opened and no one can shut and he has shut and no one can open. Amen. So he has strengthened the bars of your gates. So there's things that God has shut in our lives. The enemy wants to try and open, but the key of the house of David says, the Lord has shut some doors and no one can open them. Amen. So the Lord has fortified. He has strengthened the bars of your gates and he has blessed your children within you. So there are borders marked out for you and your family, um, whether they've, they've physically emerged or whether the children are still within you. There's a declaration, prophetic declaration of the Lord for this season right now is the fortifying of the gates. Amen. What does that speak of? The enemy trying to close gates. We're saying no. The enemy trying to open gates. We are saying no. It is the Lord. It's the key of the house of David. Jesus Christ holds the, both the key of the house of David and he holds the keys of death and hell, death and the grave. Amen. With the keys of, of the house of David, he opens and no one can shut. He opens portals of heaven and blessings into our lives upon us and our children. And with the keys of death and hell, he locks, he, he locks death up. Amen. Jesus comes into your life and he sees you dealing with a struggle and addiction Maybe some kind of some difficulty. Yes, the struggle and addiction. Yes. What does he do? He brings the key of, of death and hell and he, he condemns sin in the flesh. Amen. He imprisons sin in the flesh. He shuts the gates. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So that's a quick run through. Hallelujah. If anyone has any questions, please let me know as I round up because I'm pretty much done and I, I know I've taken more time than I, I planned. So I didn't plan to take this anywhere near this much time. Hallelujah. I want to appreciate everyone again. Um, next week, we're going to start the official um, um, presentation for the 5784 door. Hallelujah. Um, I want to encourage you, if you didn't get all the points that were captured here, go back, listen to this message again, and just go do Bible study on all of these things, okay? There's a lot, lot more. That's the truth. And I can't break any. I'm going to take the next few word for now. One by one, I'm going to be breaking down each of these points, okay? These are points ranging from ranging from the Philadelphian door to the 5784 number to Revelations 4 door, Isaiah 45 door, the Jewish fall feasts, the, wisdom, the cry of wisdom, Amy Thomas Davis's words, the vision and encounters that she had in this season, the Nissan door from now until Passover. These what Bible chapters did I just read? That was Psalms 140, 147, 
from verse 13, the Lord has strengthened the bars of your gates and he has blessed your children with you. Psalms 147, verse 13. Hallelujah. So at this time, um, so the last one is the Watchman Prophetic Conference in the cave, Solomon's and Son, the Horses Gate. That's more personal to us as the, in, in the cave community. But then the last thing are the adversaries. There was a meteor shower that took place recently. There was the attack on Israel um, that took place recently. There was a solar eclipse that happened recently. And then between yesterday, between two days ago and yesterday, there were two lunar eclipses. There was a lunar eclipse that spanned three days. There's a dark portal that's that's meant to open up tonight um, at 1 a.m. I know this because, actually it's today, sorry, it's today. I know this because of um, Apple. Whenever Apple has a keynote, usually there's a dark time gate, a demonic time gate that's open. And Apple uses those time gates um, to sell all of their devices. This is something I've seen consistently. I remember the first time I got a watch date, Apple announced an app, a new Apple watch on that day. Another time when um, there was another day that something went to happen. Yes, this phone. This phone was announced on last year. Last year when we were were um, were praying for children. Um, hallelujah. So um, 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 there's one that's open today. Another one of my friends got that date as well. I'm not just speaking from my own fountain of things that God has shown me. I'm also looking at what different prophetic voices are saying. There's so many things we can get into, man. There's so many things. So Rami's words recently, Chris Reed's words recently, um, several other friends of mine that had different words about what's happening right now, and even literal news articles, things that are happening on the earth right now. I just wanted to make sure that we got that prophetic pers perspective first on what's happening with the situation in Israel and the fact that all of this chaos, if you get lost, you can get lost in the mix and miss out on the fact that, yes, yeah, some things are happening on the surface, but what's really happening is down there. Have you ever heard that, that phrase before? The devil's in the details. Amen. There's some workings of God that are taking place underneath the surface. Because the mystery of godliness is at work. And while the mystery of godliness is at work, there's also something called the mystery of lawlessness also at work. Hallelujah. As believers, we're not meant to be surface level. Amen. We're meant to be deeper. Much, much deeper. We're meant to have revelatory insight. And uh, by the grace of God in this season, as Revelation 4 doors open, We'll be able to see the things that will be hereafter. Hallelujah. Again, I want to thank you all so much for joining us for the 5784 door. This is word for now. Hallelujah. And I want to appreciate, again, appreciate everyone that joined in. I can imagine, I'm guessing that today was like really busy for a lot of people because, um, yeah, I just assumed that's the case. Um, another, I'm going to have another set, um, series for Wednesday um, during our Mysteries of the Kingdom. I don't have the graphic here, but I do. But it's called the Revelation Code. And we'll be diving deep into the things that the Lord showed us during the conference in a different light. Tomorrow is open book. That's happening from 6 p.m. I want to encourage you to be a part of that and participate. Um, we're going to be praying exhaustively. I personally believe that we're going to be raising up prayer for our children. I'm going to hammer this again. Please pray for your children at this point in time. Those born and those not born yet. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, Jesus loves you, beloved. My name is Francis Seabor. From the pastor Francis Seabor, Pastor Jerry Seabor. He says love and his greetings. This has been Word for Now. Jesus Christ loves you. Have a great night.